Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Fitzke with my co-host, Tom Gettle. This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com. Welcome to Episode 9 of the Conic Blueprint Podcast. Today, Jen and I get to chat with the engaging and high-energy LinkedIn expert, Anne Pryor. Anne is a top-two globally recognized LinkedIn authority and is known as the LinkedIn Whisperer. She is a master of facilitating meaningful connections. She specializes in LinkedIn, creating online career search strategies, and coaching on thought leadership for professionals. She has trained more than 200,000 people and written over 25,000 LinkedIn profiles from global Fortune 100 to small business clients and universities. Anne has been featured in numerous books and is a frequent speaker. Her philosophy is, what happens to you happens to me. We are here to do our greatest good and we need each other to do so. Let's get started with our conversation with LinkedIn whisperer, Anne Pryor. Welcome, Anne. I have been looking forward to our conversation. LinkedIn is something that I'm really passionate about for our candidates. So, so glad to have you here today. Thanks, Jan. I'm happy to be here with you and Tom. So your company is called Priority Partnership, which is a really fun play on your last name. Can you tell us what does your company focus on and who do you help? Mm-hmm. So Jen, I spent 30 years in corporate America at Valley Fair. I was first to open Camp Snoopy Mall of America. I popped over to Life Touch, which is owned by Shutterfly now and then Carlson Companies. And I was laid off twice in 24 months back in 2007. Uh-huh. And I went to my career coach and she said, Anne, you know, you could be a career coach. And so at that time, I started my own business and my name is Prior, right? Priority is uh, immediate. Partnerships is what I do. My grandma Lucy was our town matchmaker. My dad Uh was George Bailey and It's a Wonderful Life. He's the CEO of banks. And so I started my company really listening to what people come to me for, and it's creating and facilitating meaningful connections. So now I help job seekers, sales teams, HR, and recruiters really look great, be found, get known, and make meaningful connections for great business opportunities and jobs. And so I've helped more than 200,000 people do just that in the last 14 years. Wow. That's a great impact. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So in, in regards to uh, LinkedIn and, and LinkedIn profiles, um, in general, when, when someone when someone thinks about LinkedIn, you know, like myself, I update mine and I forget about it and forgotten about it for five years <laughs> um, until I, I start to think about it. It's like, gosh, I should really uh, look at this again. But what would you say to, to professionals about uh, about why they should keep their LinkedIn profiles current and fresh? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Oprah one time said luck equals opportunity plus preparedness. And you never mm-hmm. know when you need to find a new job or look for a new job or if uh, one's going to pop out at you. And so the best way to do it is to be prepared. And that means keep your assets up to date, your resume, your LinkedIn profile, your branding, your thought leadership, and continue to grow. So 
I see it every day. You know, I didn't realize I was going to be laid off or the Mm -hmm. company got sold or, you know, we have to move or someone got sick. And so those are times of deep grief, as you know, and change. And um, the folks that you hire, you know, it hits them hard. They're introverts sometimes and um, harder to network, et cetera. So I just want people to be prepared. So I've got some tips here. Uh, about LinkedIn profiles. Yeah, that would be great. Because one of the things I was going to ask you, if there's, I'm sure you're going to talk about this, if there's one area that they should focus on in their profile, for example, their intro, the banner photo, their experience. Can you talk about that and either what they should focus on the most or uh, how they should go about updating those and why they're important. Like, why is a banner important? Okay. So really, I'm going to talk about eight things in just a minute, but I'd like to start with the top of the umbrella, more of a strategy. Um, What is it that you are really interested in doing? What, uh, who do you want to attract? And when I work with candidates, I look at them through a branding eyeglass and a search engine optimization eyeglass, right? And I move those two together. So what I mean by that is our candidates need to know the titles of jobs they're seeking. They need to know their skills. They need to know their keywords and industries they're going after. So those are basically the tools of the trade that they have to have in their toolkit. And one of the, of the eight components, so The first thing I want them to do is focus on what it is that they are wanting to attract. I believe in the law of attraction. What you put out, you get back. So there's an area on LinkedIn. It's called the top card. It's the top of LinkedIn. When someone looks at your profile, it's what they see first. And what they see first now is that banner image. Well, the cool thing about our candidates is you know, they're designers for the most part. They're architects, they're manufacturers, etc. So they've got cool things that they can pop back there from CAD designs, right, to buildings that they've designed, right. to apartments that they've maybe um, um, designed, etc. So if they could think about those kinds of images and curate those to pop them behind their head, the image size is 1584 by 396. It's easy to do, but it tells a quick story. And the really most important thing is the picture. And when I work with recruiters, I know that they're judging people based on the photo. I mean, we can't help that. It's just the way we work. So I would um, really ask everybody to get a great professional headshot. And a headshot would be one with a blurred background or a background that is a white color. And then 80% of that hole should be your head. It's 300 by 300 BPI. So get an updated shot, you know, treat yourself to a makeover, just pop that in there. I was working with a gal this morning. She didn't even know she didn't have her picture showing because her setting was set wrong. So she hadn't gotten any hits in the last four years because we recruiters know that, you know, 300% more, we click on somebody with a a great picture or at least a picture. So Mm. that's important. Do you have any comments on that, friends? I do actually. uh, Sorry, Jen, if I jumped in, but the head, the the headshot, you said professional headshot. And I am on board with you, but I know some people would be in the camp 
you know, well, especially in this, in 2021, 2022, it's much more casual. So maybe to have a vacation photo or a, a very casual photo with your family is fine. What, what do you say to that? No. I say no, because this isn't isn't Facebook. I'm looking actually to see your eyes and I can see the soul in your eyes. And I can see that you're engaging when I look at your eyes. So I really am kind of particular about this because I'm hiring you, not your whole family. And I don't want to see the rest of the distraction of other stuff behind your head. So I really want to focus on that. Plus, most of us are looking at you through your phone. And that hole is so darn small that I really want to see who you are. So the first thing I do when I work with people is if they have a headshot, I crop it in really tight so I can really see their eyes. So... The the um, third component of this is their professional headline. And for search engine optimization reasons, this is really critical because this is the first area that gets searched when we recruiters are looking for you and we're plugging words in our advanced systems. So the headline should include titles of jobs that they currently have or three titles of jobs that they're seeking if they're not working, the company that they work at, so for branding purposes, and then their branding statement. And that branding statement is really a statement that talks about the value that they bring to an organization. So let me just give you a quick example. I was working with a um, technical project manager, and he had just come out of a manufacturing company. And I said, just tell me what you love. And he said, I love working with engineers. And I said, do engineers love working with you? And he said, yeah. So in his headline, we said, technical project manager that every manufacturing engineer loves to work with. Bam, he got picked up by the top manufacturing company in this town. So it shows his energy, it shows his enthusiasm, it shows his skill and his collaboration. So that professional headline, you get 220 characters, which is about 25 words, and every word matters. So please don't put um, mechanical engineer desperately seeking a new job, right? Mm-hmm. I like that tip because it, 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 just, it just shows part of his personality too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the fourth thing that is important if you're in job search Um, we recruiters have recruiter tools that candidates don't know about. And we pay a lot of money, don't we, to to use these recruiter tools, uh, those of us that are recruiters. There's an area on the top card that says open to, and there's three choices now, open to work, open to hiring, open to services. So the candidates that are looking for jobs can put five titles in there, from the drop-down box. And this candidates, I'm talking to you now, is really helpful for us recruiters to be able to find you because it hooks us and it uh, drives us to your profile. So be sure to put that open to work category. And then you can also put remote or the city you'd like to work in. And just be sure to put to recruiters only because we don't like to see that green band around your neck that says open to work. It looks a little bit too desperate, in our opinion, unless you're uh, a newbie into the marketplace, right? Just out of school. Do you guys think the same thing? Boy, I hadn't given that banner thought, quite honestly. Um, 
from my, because we, I'm just going through my search now, Anne, and I'm thinking about this in real time. That kind of catches me a little bit. If I need to find a contractor, I need a quick fill. I personally like that because that person's going to catch my eye first, just the color of it. Uh, and then if they have the the skills too. So I'm going to disagree a little bit. Yeah. And I, I, I am, I'm mostly with you, Jen. Um, for me, I, I like it too, but I, I, I am in a hundred percent recruiter mode. And if I yes. see that, like, Oh, okay, let's, let me look at that person's background because they've raised their hand. Right. Um, but may, maybe just more from a professional networking, perhaps a, a candidate sometimes um, doesn't want the whole world to know that they're looking for an opportunity for whatever reason, even if they are between positions. Um, so maybe there's there's an advantage from from the job seeker to to do that and still keep their um, their networking at a, at a uh, level playing field with, without right. flagging that so much. But I definitely see both sides. That's great. Great tip. Um, I appreciate that point of view. I did do a poll on LinkedIn to two thousand recruiters, and overwhelmingly, they didn't want to see it. However, really, okay, okay. But wow. to Jen's point, let me just go here. Jen, you said something I think interesting. You got a quick hire, and you um, have a contract position you need to fill, so right. it catches your eye. So, did you hear the difference there? What I'm finding is people who are out of work like nine months, that green band is around their head and it really gets old looking. So, um, so friends, I would say you're hearing us back and forth. It depends on your situation. I had a candidate about two months ago that we tested. See, I'm testing all the time and he's a high level COO. And I had him put that green neck brace open to work only for the weekend from a Friday to a a Sunday thinking, oh, we'll see what kind of hits we get and then take it off on Monday. He did get 14 people that reached out. He had one um, recruiter call because of it. And then we took it off. So you heard what I said. It's never one and done with me. I'm trying, I'm testing. We'll see where it goes. However, if you're in a job, please don't put your open to work neck brace on because you can see it. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. Good. So the, the other thing I want to point out, friends, there's a new area on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, um, and it's called the creator mode. And if you go to Ann Pryor MA, my LinkedIn profile, you're going to be able to see that around my big head, there's an orange ring. And I have the creator mode where I have a video. So I have a video of me and then I have a flat head of me. And in the video, I use that as a public service announcement because I am working with PCs for people and I want companies to donate their computers to be refurbished to give to our homeless friends and friends in need. So you just heard me do a PSA, public service announcement that I use on my LinkedIn. And it shows I'm committed to my community, leveraging my gifts of technology and bringing them to the world to lift people up. So that area on LinkedIn could be used as um, even us introverts, I'm right on the cusp to say uh, something about I'm passionate about homelessness and I'm volunteering here and come on out. We're going to do a 5K run this weekend. So it at least gets us in the game. We see how you look, how you feel, how you sound. 
your energy, etc. But what I um, am also going to share with you is when you turn on that creator mode, which is in the dashboard area of your LinkedIn, that you get an opportunity to put five hashtags on your profile. So I really want our friends that are listening to think about the five things that they want to be known for or they want to talk about. They could be titles, industries, functional skills. They could be uh, nuances. So this morning I worked with somebody that is doing digital transformation, for instance, or apartment architecture or green buildings, you see, and those hashtags are a pound sign kissing a word. And we're using those now to file, meaning to find people through a big file. So I want you to think about those five hashtags and set that open to work area on your LinkedIn profile. That's step four. Any comments on that, friends? I saw your video on yours and I was hoping that would come up. I was going to ask you if it didn't because I thought that was so cool. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, play around with that and see what I'm going to add to mine and my hashtags. Yes. It's great. Well, you guys are such a great place to work, you know, and you donate to all kinds of different environmental and children. So it'd be really fun to have a video of your team out there doing something with one of your charities or even a promotional announcement about this month we're giving to this charity. Or even, Jen, for you to say, hey, we're hiring these kinds of people for this kinds of great companies. You know anybody? Give us a Mm -hmm. call. So the candidates... What I don't want you to say is this. This is Anne Pryor. I'm desperately seeking a new job, right? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) you need to be careful in the scripting. So, okay, I'm going to move on to number five. Yep. And that's the about section. It used to be called the summary section. And here's the real deal. The first 40 words are the most important, friends, because that's all we see as recruiters, unless we click see more, then we can open up 2,600 characters. So friends on this call, what I really want you to do is focus on four paragraphs. The first paragraph is going to be an overarch of who you are and what you do for an organization and what industries. So titles, your brand statement, industries, and then your email address. And here's why. This is behind the scenes stuff, friends, right? From recruiter's point of view, we have to pay to use LinkedIn as a service and we only get 50 in-mails a month. Each in-mail costs us 10 bucks. So if we can find your email address, it's much better for us to connect with you. Do you guys think the same thing? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we want to send you an email instead of through LinkedIn, because we know you're not always on LinkedIn like we are, right? Mm -hmm. So an email, you're on an email. The other three paragraphs, I'd really like you to pull out what you're currently doing. So as the director of engineering for this manufacturing firm, I love doing this where I'm managing these people and achieving this. Previously, I did this at this company where we launched this and we created this. And then the last paragraph could be just like mine. If you look at mine, you know, growing up in a small town, my mom um, started the first food bank. My dad was George Bailey's Wonderful Life. My grandma was uh, the town matchmaker. I have four brothers and I believe what happens to you happens to me. We're all here to do good work and uh, I'm here to support you. So uh, 
A statement like that is really helpful, isn't it, you guys, for us to understand mm-hmm. your values? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, without yeah. getting too personal, but talking about your values, you know, your hobbies, your passions, maybe what you volunteer for, maybe boards you're on, maybe, um, you know, skills that you've just received. Any comments, friends, on that? I would agree with that. I think the the personal interests, bring out your personality a little bit and try to be as, as uh, broad in that as possible. You just never know what connection you're going to have with the person that's reading it, whether it's the hiring manager, the, the HR, you know, the, the direct employer, they could read, I'll just use, for example, running. Maybe you just use running and that other person is passionate about running. Like, oh, it just starts to create a little bit of a bond. Um, so I love that. And then to back up, you mentioned about in, under the about section, the first 40 words show up and many recruiters just read that section. And that's 100% true because we're mm-hmm. we're fast paced and we're moving quickly and we want a reason to read more. But if we don't see that reason in the first 40 words, we might move on to the next one and, and look for the next, next um, profile. Good advice. Yeah, good point. Okay, the sixth piece here is the current job under the experience section. This is critical. And here's why. According to LinkedIn algorithms, what happens is when we recruiters are searching for a job title, your LinkedIn profiles, friends, get pushed to us based on the title that's in the current position. And if your position does not say present, meaning it's currently active, then you don't get pushed to us. So that's why you have to have a current present position in there. And we'd like it to be fill out the blanks full time and the company that you work at. And then a description underneath with keywords and with key accomplishments. Now, here's the deal. If you're in a job and you're working on a project, it's best probably not to put the project or any proprietary information because your competition is always looking at you. Mm-hmm. So never give away any secret sauce, if you will. And my rule of thumb is when in doubt, leave it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any comments on that, friends? I didn't know that about the algorithm. Me neither. LinkedIn changed that about three years ago. And that's why they're making titles bonehead proof, basically for us recruiters to make it easier. So if we've got any clients on this call that are HR people, make your titles traditional. You know, some of these fancy fun titles, they're not helpful for recruiters to find people. Are they? No, no, they're not. (laughs) Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Anne. (laughs) Whoa. So can I just ask a follow-up question on that? So what I didn't know about the algorithm, so you, just to be clear that everybody heard you and maybe I misunderstood. So if they're no longer in a position, if they've been laid off, let's say, do you want them to keep their job to present or should they put the end date on their LinkedIn profile? Okay, very good clarifying question, Jen. I have two approaches to that question. The first approach could be like this. If they're in severance, they can leave that current position present, but Mm -hmm. in the description area, if they could say former engineering manager at this company, and then underneath they could say transitioned out due to COVID-19 restructure. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So then we recruiters know that they're no longer in that position, but it's still a good placeholder. That could be number one, if they're still under severance, Mm -hmm. let's say they're not under severance. They've been gone a while. My suggestion is to move that job to past based on the month and the date that they left and then put a placeholder position in. Now this is tricky. They have to pay attention to this. The placeholder position would be the job title that they are seeking. The company, they put in three job titles and the industry, there's only a hundred characters in that box. So in other words, they don't pull anything from the drop-down box because they're not working at a company. Then they put the month and date that they started looking for the job. Then it's present. They do not update their title. So there's a box that says update your title. And then in the description area, here's what they say. Immediately available for director of engineering, vice president of engineering, engineering manager, um, manufacturing operations manager, all the titles, right, with commas, seeking to lead top teams, uh, grow lean technology, uh, use Six Sigma, leverage black belts, use agile mm-hmm. methodologies mm-hmm. in plastics manufacturing, medical devices, um, IoT, AI, robotics, nautical, um, you know, um, contact me at. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Immediately available for title, title, title. Seeking to add value by doing this, this, this in these industries. Let's connect at my email. Okay. Tom's that's nodding great. his head. No, that's great advice. I love it. I love it. I never, I never thought about that, that, that perspective, but it's really good advice. I okay. love this. Now, Jen, um, regarding the resume. The resume you you and I know is right. more of a legal document. So when you leave a company, we want the resume to say, I worked from this month and yes. this year to this month and this year. So in other words, it has to be closed. It has to match. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right, friends. Any more on um, that? The Where were we at, Jen? Add past jobs. That was number um, seven. Okay, the last one I want to pull out, and there's a ton of them, but number eight would be skills. Okay, now, this, friends uh, that are listening, is critical, and here's why. We recruiters post a job, and here's how it works behind the scenes. We pay $26 a day. We pay pay-per-click. We pay $300 a month. We pay $600 a month, we pay $900 a month, or we pay $1,400 for job slots for us to post jobs to find you guys, you candidates. Now, as soon as we post a job and put our credit card in and put all our information in about the job wreck, 99 LinkedIn profiles get pushed to us. And I'm a master noticer, okay? And what I notice is this. The people that have the correct job title in the current position that we just talked about and the people who have the most endorsements for the skills that were on the job recs that we just posted got pushed to us first. Mm. So what I'm telling you, friends, on this call is please pay attention to job descriptions. We we spend a lot of time writing those darn job descriptions with our clients. <laughs> and. Those skills have to be in your LinkedIn profile and then ask your buddies to endorse you for them. They just have to click a plus. So 
please notice that because you're going to show up higher in searches. So every Sunday at 3.30, I change my oil. I get into my LinkedIn profile. I add keywords. I give recommendations. I give endorsements to friends. I, um, I post things. I write articles. You know, I find the people that I want to connect with the next week and I follow them. That's a whole nother story. There's a follow and then there's a connect. But I'm going to take a breath. Questions on skills. Do you feel that there are some skills that are more important to include than others? Um, I know there's a push right now for some of the softer skills, especially on resumes, um, to come off because everybody says the same thing. Everybody is, you know, committed to work. Everybody has excellent communication skills and follow-up skills. Everybody puts that on there. So what do you think about uh, the softer skills and adding those? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn added soft skills a year and a half ago as a whole category. And if I've done an assessment of almost every job description in the state of Minnesota, there are three C skills that have to be on job descriptions and LinkedIn profiles. And Jen, you just nailed it. Communication, written and oral is number one. Number two is critical thinking or problem solving. And that's what you guys are looking for. I know iconic when you hire your people. I mean, it's big and bold and all your stuff. And the third one is collaboration. And that's because our millennials came into the workforce and they graduate in cohorts, not 2020, but cohort number 64. Okay, so collaboration is key. Now, yes, it's critical to have those skills. And you know what I really do? I go to the company page on LinkedIn. I go to the people on the company page. I type in engineering manager. I look at all the engineering managers and I can assess all of their skills. And if I wanted to be an engineering manager, I would look at all their skills. And you know what the top two skills are? Leadership and management. Those are Mm -hmm. the top two skills in almost every LinkedIn profile. So skills are critical. And right now I really recommend that people upskill. So on LinkedIn, you know, there's the knowledge management tools, which are LinkedIn learning. It costs 29 bucks a month to have the job seekers premium. And then you get that for free. However, if you just go to your Hennepin County, Dakota County library online, join the library, Uh, library card, you can take Linda courses. They're the exact same skills as LinkedIn learning. So right now I'm taking a course on how to use my iPhone for video. And I'm taking a 14 week course on wisdom. So I'm going Hmm. to a wisdom school right now. So those are the eight tips I could go on for 24 more hours. (laughs) <laughs> that was wonderful. That was really, really, really good. Uh, a tip, um, quick study. Um, go ahead a little bit bigger picture and you'll LinkedIn is it's a professional networking site, right? And, and, um, I initially, you know, years ago, I would only link in with people that I knew people that I'd met in person, people that I worked with over time. It, became a social networking site where you'd link in and maybe chat a little bit. But I, I feel like even the past few years, it's really just connect in, you know, maybe a note back, but that, but then they wouldn't hear from anybody. I would say now 
I may personally know about 10% of my connections on LinkedIn. However, I do feel like there is a strong upside to, to really develop meaningful relationships on LinkedIn and through LinkedIn. Uh, mm-hmm. Any tips you could give to a professional, whether they're looking or not, like how do you develop meaningful connections uh, and strong business relationships with people using LinkedIn? Okay. So um, let me start by telling you how the game is played. So I played mm-hmm. basketball Jeez. and tennis in college. and um, I like to see where the ball's coming off the rim, right? Just like yep. get uh, Gretzky and the puck. Where's the puck going to be? Okay. A lot of these people on the call are strategists like I am. So the big idea is this. You can have up to 30,000 connections. I have 20,000 connections. I've touched them all three times. And when I say that, I reach out. I give them a personal message. They accept. I reach back. And I send them another message. So I've touched them three times or I've connected three different times. And if someone wants to connect with me and I don't know them or they haven't written me a personal message, there's an opportunity on LinkedIn to reply but not accept. So I do that every time. And I say, hi, Ted, thanks for the invitation to connect. May I ask, what did you have in mind that I can support you with today? I see we both love dark chocolate. Cheers. And right? <laughs> so I see that there's something we have in common, or we both love basketball, or we both went to the same university. If I do not get a response back in three weeks, I don't accept them. Okay. Now, what just happened on LinkedIn? Two weeks ago, when we got the creator yeah. mode is this. As soon as you flip on the creator mode, instead of the word connection, it says follow. So now it's really easy for us introverts to follow a whole bunch of people. The problem with that is they can't see my posts. I can only see their content. So oh. I still want you to connect with people, which the connection button is now under the more button. So I still want you to connect and write a personal message. The biggest idea here is to be authentic. Be authentic in your communication. So who are you and what do you really want from me and what value can you add to me? And in being authentic, it's important for you to do your research on who the person is and what you would like from them. So before I connect Let me tell you the real deal, okay? On weekends, Sundays at 3.30, I go out to Google and I Google top 50 thought leaders in robotics or whatever it is that I'm interested in. I then go follow these guys. And then after I follow them, I connect with them, but I've done my research on them. I see you just wrote this article on this. I'm really intrigued with how it might change the way we connect using artificial intelligence. I'd love to follow you on LinkedIn and see what you might have to share about this. Um, Would that be, will you be comfortable with that? You guys, 100% of the time, I get a yes. These are big, big people. So I'm, I'm just telling you that I've done my research and I care about them. And when you're authentic, you both know this because you both live this. You do your research authentic. You come prepared with questions. You really want to engage meaningfully with them. And you find something in, a, in common. Um, that's what's important. 
Now, is everybody going to do it? No. And a lot of people have alternative motives. They want to sell me search engine optimization or fix my sure. website. Or, you know, right. honestly, I block those people. I don't want them in my network. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of bots. And just by the way, um, the people that are listening to this call, your networks are really valuable to us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to say to you is you engineers, one, two, three, whatever you are, we not only hire you for you and the good work you do, but we notice that you have 500 connections and we want you in our company because you're going to bring in other people like you because you're a really good employee. And I'm just going to be really frank about that with you that are listening because we do do that. Right. I want to just step in one second because everybody knows bots are, they're just pests. So can you give quick tips on how somebody can identify if a connection request is a bot? Um, I can sniff them out really fast because they usually have misspellings and my name is all in all caps because they haven't taken time to uncap my name. Mm-hmm. And um, if you actually open their profile and you right-click on your their picture, there's a URL that you can uh, drop in tineye.com and you can see if they're a real person or not. Right. So there's lots of different approaches, but um, that's one. Now, one thing our folks on the call, you get a lot of recruiter requests. I know you do because you are really, really smart people and you're really highly sought after. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Respond to those recruiters because we recruiters have a tally sheet. And if you people on this call respond and just say, hey, Ann, thanks for reaching out. Right now, I'm really happy in my job. But keep me on the list. And if there was a job I was interested in, it would be a vice president of engineering. Okay. You know what we're going to do with that, Ted? We're going to put you on our list and we're going to say, thanks, Ted, for getting back to me. You know? So, what comments do you folks have on that? 100% agree. It's, it goes back to that um, authentic. Um, relationship and the authentic message that I'm sending that person. And they don't have to respond. They don't owe me anything, but gosh, I am going to be there for them when they are ready. And I'll remember, I remember people who engage with me much easier than I, I remember people that haven't. Very good point. Um, Well, can I just ask you friends a question? So on LinkedIn, we can tell how long our candidates have been in a certain job, okay? And I know that my marketing candidates move every two years. They Mm. just do at a high level. Your engineering and your designer and your drafter and your CAD and those kinds of candidates, how long do they typically sit in a job before they need to move? Five years. Five years, Tom? It's a rough average. Yeah, I I would agree, about five years. Okay. Did you guys on this call just hear that? At five years, you're going to be antsy and you're going to want help. So that means you need to connect with Jen and Tom and all of their staff before the five-year mark. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to work so hard. We can help you. 
That means you have to update your profile, like Tom said, before five years. Yeah, and I like that. And and, uh, to your point, Ann, about responding to recruiters, perhaps another tip would be respond to the the recruiter and say, you know what, my next role, I would love to be this. I'm thinking that three to five years, three to five years from now, like say, for example, currently you're getting a little bit of supervisory and leadership experience, but you know, after three years, all of a sudden, you know, you may already be promoted internally, but if not, you know, maybe, maybe put a wish list to your recruiter or recruiters to say, if a vice president of engineering comes up or an engineering manager role comes up in, in the Minneapolis area, for example, please let me know. And then, and then you're, you're, you're quote unquote on their short list of candidates to reach back to and network with when those do pop up. Yeah. Friends on this call, we remember you. Recruiters have minds like an elephant. We mm-hmm. are, we understand relationships or we would not be in this role. So engineers, I know you're deep that way too. We are as well. So build those relationships before you need us. Excellent advice. How often should someone post on LinkedIn? Let me be really honest. My my architects and engineers, they don't post. They don't post. <laughs> okay, let's just be honest about that. So yeah. here's what I'm going to tell them again about the behind the scenes, what's really going on. Okay, let's say that you are starting to prepare for job search. I can always see one of my friends that's in job search. I haven't heard from them in three years. And then they start liking, commenting, and sharing my stuff. So friends, you just heard that. If you're starting to get in job search, connect with recruiters with a personal message, and then start liking, commenting, and sharing. But here's how LinkedIn measures you. You guys love measurement behind the scenes. So measurement on LinkedIn is called an SSI score, social selling index score. So if you just go out and Google social selling index score, it attaches to your LinkedIn profile. And I'd love your score to be 40 to 60. It won't be, I guarantee. Your score will probably be about a 15 to 20 friends on this call, okay? So in order to move that score up, You have to post on LinkedIn, which once a week would be awesome. But um, Tom, I'm going to be honest with you. You could be posting a little bit more too, right? Moving that content to the featured section. But an SSI score then measures your, um, I don't know, what is it called? Uh, Just engagement score. Mm -hmm. And It's really easy, friends, just to give a thumbs up, a like to somebody. When you do that, ah, we're master noticers. We can see that you're back in the game. That's what I think. Oh, he's back in the game. Let me reach out and see what's really going on with him. So it's a really easy way for you to just be engaged. Here's another tip. When you comment, we comment back. And when you comment, be thoughtful, insightful, positive and add value. And when you tag me, a tag is an at sign, you know, it's above the two on your keyboard and you click an at sign and then you put Ann Pryor's name or Jen's name or Tom's name, right? Kissing that at sign. We get tagged that you gave us a shout out and LinkedIn loves it. And LinkedIn gives you a higher engagement score. The other tip, is to use more than five words when you respond, not thank you or that's cool, but actually say something that adds value. 
Tom, you're smiling. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yes. Well, so much of the the bots within LinkedIn, when you congratulate someone on a new role, um, they automatically populate that for you. And it's it's usually pretty short. Yeah, one word or two. (laughs) But to add more authentic responses, I think is great to to add in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, just to that point, um, what Tom said is in the bell of your LinkedIn profile each day, that's where I start my day is that little bell on the top right next to your tiny head in the navigation bar. Mm -hmm. And um, it gives me a consolidated list of who got new jobs, which I give everybody a shout out. And here's what I say. I say, Tom, congrats on your new job. You're going to be awesome. Be the boss you always wanted. I'm here for you. And okay. So then they know that I'm there for them. I gave them a shout out positive. I expect that they're going to do good work. And then I also say, here's a tip. Please be sure to update your headline or because I'm an expert on LinkedIn, I can do that. Okay. So what value can you add to make their day? Um, Let's see. The last thing I want to say about that is, um, oh, also in that bell, wish people happy birthday. Guys, I had a guy the other day that emailed me and said, Ann, you're the only one that remembered. My wife didn't even remember my birthday. No, no. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. One of the other things I wanted to say, because um, I I don't know why we're, um, we're not discriminating against introverts, but we know that there are a lot of introverts in in this occupation that we recruit for. Um, this morning I was with an introvert and she is a head of innovation, product innovation for a SaaS company. Mm. And she uh, said, geez, Ann, I just don't know what to post. And I'm really shy. And I just, and um, she happens to be a Gen X as well. And my Gen Xs really um, are head down. They're brilliant. And it's, they don't like to talk a lot. And I said, listen, it's not about you. It's about the value that you bring to the world. And if you don't show up, we're not going to find you. And they're getting passed over and pissed off. And that's actually the name of a book by Dr. Mia Melrunen, who is my friend and client. And it's about Gen X's being passed over for these opportunities because, you know, millennials and Z's are now coming up. But the big idea that I had for her was go to Google and set up alerts. So type in the word alerts. And then set up Google alerts that we, Google will push content to you that you can then post and comment on. So you don't have to do any heavy lifting. It's all curated for you. And then I said to her, you know, um, what's a fun fact about you or a hobby? And you guys are going to ask me that in a few minutes. And she said, I'm just really boring. I, I don't have any fun facts. And So I was with another client this morning and I asked her that same thing. And she's a compliance and an audit officer. And she said, you know, it's just, and I said, well, you work in PBM, which is pharmacy benefit medicine. I said, tell me something interesting about that. And she said, well, what I found interesting is doctors prescribe more Tylenol than they do Advil, you know, and that's just (laughs) an interesting statement. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you architects, you could say, well, did you know an average apartment building has this many nails or we don't use nails anymore? Or we use this right. or right. from an environmental standpoint, you know, we're using no lead paint and la la la. But we're interested in that because right. you're so technical and we're not. 
But yeah. if you if you simplify it for us, I'm going to think, geez, tell me some more about that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, in regards to uh, hosting frequency, uh, what would you say about about companies or, or brands that post? Uh, for example, our company, Conic. How often should a company post? Is it daily, three times a day, 10 times a day, once a week? At, at least daily. It depends on the size of your company. But mm-hmm. um, any companies that are on this call, first of all, you need a company page. So some of you yeah. don't have company pages. And honestly, people hire me to not be embarrassed online. And it's embarrassing if you don't have a company page, because to me, you don't look legitimate. Okay. So after you get a company page, you need a logo and a banner and you need your keywords and your, your summary statement and your hashtags and some groups. Then you want all of the employees to attach yourself to that company page. Because if an employee is not attached or tagged to the company page, they won't get your news. And did you know that 80% of employees get their news from the company page on LinkedIn. So it's really critical for friends to post. And the kinds of things you're going to post are news, events, new product launches, job openings, kudos and shout outs, maybe a tip from the day um, for the, from the CEO, et cetera. But company pages are really critical for employees to connect to the company and for the new employees to see what kind of culture that they're getting into. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole strategy for company pages. And now there's even videos from company pages. There's um, showcase pages. There's product pages where people can actually comment and respond on the products. So it's a whole new world. I did not know that it was 80%. That's really high. That It's so important. Wow. It is. And you know, on the company page, you can actually post out one post a day to all employees. So they will actually see it. Oh, that's fantastic. So, yeah. So Anne, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you other than LinkedIn, of course? Yeah. Well, for sure, I want them to connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay, for sure. Anne Pryor, A-N-N-E. P-R-Y-O-R-M-A. There's a lot of Ann Priors on LinkedIn. And I have my degree behind my name. So friends, have your certifications behind your name because we recruiters search for those certifications. And the best way to connect with me is if friends have a quick call or they want to do a quick networking at no charge, I'm always available Monday through Friday, 7.33 a.m. to 8.33 a.m. Central Time at 952 9.52. 484-6854, and it's on my LinkedIn profile. If you want to um, send me an email, it's A-N-N-E at priority.com. That's P-R-Y-O-R-I-T-Y.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest as well. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you, Anne, for joining us. This is some really, really good information and content, some great, great takeaways. Um, before we wrap up, we do want to ask you a few questions uh, from our uh, lightning round. You ready? I am. Awesome. So some quick, uh, fun questions for you with um, quick answers. Uh, what are a couple of your favorite things to do in Minnesota? I love the outdoors. And so you can always find me biking at Carver Park. You can mm. find me walking at Minnewashta Park, or you could find me hiking the trails at the Arboretum. 
Oh, it's awesome. Love the Arboretum. Where is your favorite vacation spot? I love water, you guys. I'm a cancer. Um, Me too. So, are you? Well, yes. Okay. I get it. I get it. So Kauai, yeah. I stay in Kapa on the North Shore. And then uh, Sanibel Island are my two favorite spots. Yeah. I love awesome. Kauai. Me too. <laughs> and then what book or books are you currently reading, Anne? Mm-hmm. You guys, I read a lot of books. And um, I the two that are top of mind right now that I'm reading are The Hidden Life of Trees. Anybody read that one? It is so great. Oh. It's by a guy named Peter out in um, in Germany. He actually was the forester of the um, the Black Forest in Germany. He was there for years, and then people wanted tours, and he really got to understand trees. And just a quick tip, uh, let's say a giraffe wants to eat leaves from a tree. The tree actually squirts out smelly stuff that the giraffe will pass right by it. And so they don't want wow. that giraffe eating oh. those leaves. So trees are so <laughs> smart. And then the second book um, that I'm reading is a book on wisdom. And um, so I'm doing a lot with wisdom work these days. I did awesome. want to also share that there's a podcast that I think all of yeah. you would really love. Because I can't keep up on all the books that I want to read, the, the podcast is called Curious Minds by Gail Allen, G-A-Y-L-E-A-L-L-E-N. And she... Um, what I have sensed is so many of the authors that she brings in are introverts, college professors who love the measurements and data. And the information is just phenomenal about counting. The latest one is about counting. And we ask the wrong questions in counting. Another one is burnout. There's actually a methodology to overcome burnout because we overgive. So anyway, check out her podcast. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And this has been really, really fun for, for us. And we've learned a lot, Jen, and I'm sure you've learned a lot. We've been uh, recruiting for, for many years and it's been, been eye-opening for us. And I know it's been uh, extremely valuable for um, our candidates and job seekers and, and other professionals. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. I took four pages of notes. So I know our listeners have a lot of action items as soon as they're done listening to us. And you are so gracious with your time and your advice. Thank you so much for being our guest. It's my pleasure, friends. I look forward to supporting your success. Take good care. Thank you. Our guest today was Anne Pryor of Priority Partnership. She pulled back the curtain on how LinkedIn works how recruiters use the tool to find employees and gave her eight tips to improve your LinkedIn profile and provided her LinkedIn best tips guideline, which we will link to in the show notes to reach out to Anne directly. She is Anne Pryor MA on LinkedIn. Remember Anne is A-N-N-E. Pryor is P-R-Y-O-R. Her email is Anne, A-N-N-E at priority. P-R-Y-O-R-I-T-Y dot com. Her phone number is 952-484-6854. Anne provides free coaching and advice Monday through Friday from 7.33 to 8.33 a.m. Central Time. 
Reach out to see how you can improve your LinkedIn profile. I know I am. Thanks for joining this episode of the Conic Blueprint, brought to you by Conic, a recruiting company focused on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Also, follow this podcast for the latest episodes. We're excited to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Conic Blueprint Podcast. Podcast.